I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen, but you never know what the Spirit's gonna do, though. Amen. Uh, he's not telling me to do that right now. Amen. <laughs> After singing that song, I really do want to pray, though. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we we do pray to you, and we want to get deeper with you. you know, bring us deeper. Keep us closer. We do want to strive to love you deeper. We do want to see your power in all creation. This is a time to humble ourselves and to remember who we are. Remember, we just come from from dust, going back to dust. We need to be reminded of your power and your majesty and, and really your plan to rescue us and redeem us, to save us from this corrupt world. Father, this world is not the most powerful. And the reality that we see with our eyes and the human senses that you've given us, what we experience is not even the deepest reality. It's what we can see that's really real and that will endure. Every single one of us in this room, like the grass, is going to wither and just pass away in our earthly lives. Father, we want to get deeper with you so we can experience life abundantly and eternally and to, to be together with you and to, to sing your praises and to, to one day live so that our faith can become sight. And uh, Father, that, that motivates us. And we can't get there on our own. There's no plane ticket we can buy. There's, n- there's no technology that can get us to where we need to be. Father, help us not to be so enamored and enthralled with this world and all that's in it. Father, help us to have the right perspective about this world so that we can go out into this world bearing your message, your light, your power in our weakness. It's incredible that your power is shown through our weakness. There's nothing that can thwart your plans, Father. That brings us so much hope. But Father, those types of songs that we just sang, God, just, they're so helpful to, to reorient our thinking and uh, to help us. To, I pray that that is the, the, the cry of our hearts is just to get deeper with you, to get deeper with one another and, and to get deeper into this world, to affect this world for you, to lift up the name of your son, Jesus, whose name is above all names. And while many want to mock and be sarcastic and cynical about who Jesus is, Father, we do not want to fall into those traps. He is Lord. He is Lord of our lives. And we want to honor him. And I pray that this time as we open up the scriptures that it's about Jesus. It's not about anything or anyone else. Father, help us to read these passages and to and to try to understand what Jesus was saying and how it relates to our lives so that we can leave here not with a desire just to have been entertained but really with a desire to to leave here deeper in our understanding of your will for our lives and how we can go out and change this world for Jesus and we pray in his name amen amen Amen. let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Um, 
We're just going to pick up where we left off from last week. And if you weren't here last week, we talked about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus was amazing. Yeah. I, love, I love Jesus. I love how the, the, the scriptures show us the type of person that he was and what he did. And last week, we, we went to Jesus' uh, kind of first recorded uh, public sermon from Luke's gospel. And, and we talked about how Jesus took a scripture that had been written 700 more, more years before he'd even been born. And he used that scripture to really say that this is actually describing me. <laughs> you know, and so Jesus stood up in front of that group of Jews and he read that passage from Isaiah, a, a powerful prophet, talking about how the spirit of the Lord was, was on me. And, and that, that the person that Isaiah was writing about talked about setting the oppressed free. That the people that were blind would be able to see that he was going to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and Jesus read that passage from Isaiah and he told everyone in that room that, that basically Isaiah's talking about me. My ministry is what, what Isaiah didn't understand. He, he could only speak to it on a certain level. But Jesus was standing in front of them and saying, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus took their scriptures and made them come to life, so to speak, in his own person. And uh, he also, he didn't just teach. He also performed miracles as well. And we talked about that last week. And we talked about the miracles were really to confirm what he had been teaching about himself. They were supposed to kind of be, uh, see, this is what I'm preaching about. And I have the power to show you how great I am from God, how great the power from God is. And he wanted the miracles to be a sign to help them to see that God is willing to intervene into our lives. And he has the power to change it for the good, to set people free, to help people that are blind see. But unfortunately, many missed the significance of his sermons and his miracles. Some got so enthralled by the miracles that they really chose instead to just fawn over Jesus as if he were a modern-day rock star or celebrity or athlete. Some treated his miracles like drugs. It was like they got a hit of one miracle. Oh, man, that was great. Give me another one. Let me see, a, let me see one better than the last one. And they would just go home and talk about how awesome Jesus was. Wow, this guy did these great miracles. He's great. But didn't really have a desire to go deeper. And last week we saw that some people were so hard-hearted that in the presence of a miracle to help a person that couldn't even speak, Jesus freed that man, exercised the demon within him, allowed that man to speak, finally set free to do what God created him to be able to do, speak. And in the presence of that miracle, some were so hard-hearted that they said that, yeah, you're, you have power. I, I, I grant that. But it's from the devil. It's from Satan. Beelzebub. Jesus pretty much, I think he kind of had enough of that. And he, and he really, instead of just saying, you guys are a bunch of idiots, which Jesus didn't do, which is what you and I probably would have done. He tried, to, he tried to explain to him, you know, guys, that's ridiculous. I'm not from, from Satan. Why in the world? If I'm with Satan, why in the world would I destroy what Satan's been doing? And he said, you know, let me help you understand something. Satan's strong. He's, whew, he's strong. He's very strong. And when he's in control, he can take his possessions and guard them in a way that's very, very hard to get. 
But if someone stronger attacks him, and when someone stronger attacks him, he can take away all that he has. And Jesus said that he himself was trying to help them see he himself was that stronger man. That Jesus is the one who's stronger. And he said, you guys need to understand, what I'm doing is because God's given me the power to do it. The finger of God, you need to see the finger of God. He told him just like, hey, the finger of God, just like when Moses and Aaron were helping God's people get out of Pharaoh's uh, Egypt, out of oppression and slavery, I'm doing the same right now. The same finger of God that was at work freeing the Israelites then is the same finger of God right now. You got to see that. And he tried to help them see, I'm the king, I'm the appointed king, and where I am, there's the kingdom. And my kingdom is stronger than Satan's kingdom. I'm not in league with Satan, I'm stronger than Satan. And that's something that we need to hopefully embrace and be grateful for. But the great thing is Jesus wasn't done yet. He still had more to say. And so we'll take a look at where we left off last week in verse 23. Jesus says that he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Luke eleven, twenty-three. 23. He who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters. In the con- well, what does it mean to be with Jesus? Well, let's start with this. In the context It might be easier to see quickly what it means to be against Jesus in this context. And that's to deny that he has the power from God. That's what they were doing in that moment, and he was speaking out against it. If you want to be against Jesus, you're denying that he's from God, I believe is what he's saying. And I also believe there's another person in the column of against Jesus. And that's the person that's on the fence. You know, we love being on the fence sometimes, playing the neutral card. I don't think Jesus gives us the ability to be neutral right here. Either you're with me or you're against me. You know, these are those statements that Jesus makes that sometimes we can get a little uncomfortable with, right? But I appreciate Jesus. There's no middle ground here. You need to see all the things that Jesus has said and done and make a decision. You know, take a stand. Don't just sit there and go, oh, well, Jesus, he's all right. He's a pretty, he's a pretty good guy. It's just... He doesn't give you that option. I appreciate this famous quote. You can always use a, pretty much any sermon, you can probably use a quote from C.S. Lewis, but. Here's one of my favorites. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Either you're with him or against him. Not on the fence. Come on. One minute you talk about, oh, the Lord this, the Lord that. The next minute you're out there acting crazy. You only, you only bring up Christianity or Jesus or the Bible when it really benefits your situation. Come on, man. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. Either you're with Jesus or you're against Jesus. The fence is not a good place to be. He doesn't give you that option. He said, he said, then he says, you know what? Either 
If you're not gathering with me, you're scattering. What, is that, what does that get at? You know, I appreciate when Jesus would say things like, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You like that? Take my yoke upon you. Do you like that? I didn't hear as many amens, right? You say, yeah, I understand what being weary and burdened, but then Jesus says, well, you know, take my yoke upon you, right? And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That, I'm reminded of that passage when I think about him. If you want to be with Jesus, you got to put that yoke on. Right? It's not just about, yeah, I'm weary and burdened, Jesus. Just help me, help me take my life. You put that yoke on. Be with Jesus. Yoke up. Where he goes, you go. Right? And don't just do it just because he's forcing you to do it. He's not forcing you to do it. He's just appealing to you. I'm humble. I'm gentle in my heart. Learn from me. Learn. I can teach you. But you ain't going to learn nothing until you yoke up. Come with me. If you're not with me, you're against me. And when you come with me, I'm going to teach you how to live this, this life that, that you have. This precious life you have. Either yoke up with me or do your own thing scattering all over the place. You got a choice. This world is not humble and gentle. It's not. It's chewing some of you up and spitting you out every single day. But Jesus said, yoke up with me. Don't get on the fence. Yoke up with me. Learn from me. Be with me. At other parts, I'm reminded when Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I appreciate that. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to be yoked up with him. We're not just out taking a nice little walk around this, this earth, right? We're out trying to help Jesus bring other people who are scattered, isolated, under the power of the prince of this world, who is not humble and gentle. But he wants us to come with him, to follow him, to yoke up with him, to learn from him, to be like him, to help other people, to gather other people. That's the heart of Jesus. How he's got all authority in heaven and on earth. You know that passage, don't you? Because of that, he says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. And then, you know, then when you say, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. If we want to be with Jesus, we're going to be gathering souls in his name. We're going to be spreading the message of God, his love, salvation from this evil and corrupt and backward world. The salvation that only Jesus provides. Otherwise, we're just taking a walk, leaving people really confused and scattered without hope and being lost in this world. And people like that are easy pickings for the strong man. Easy pickings for the strong man. If we're going to be with Jesus, we're with the stronger man. We're out there gathering. We're helping people get closer to him. We got to be about gathering. Some, unfortunately, some of y'all, the only gathering going on in your spiritual life is the dust on your Bibles. And that ain't good. That ain't good at all. We got to be out there in folks' lives. We got to be in there having conversations with folks. How you doing? What's going on? You know, how are you spiritually? 
When was the last time you asked somebody that question? How are you doing spiritually? You might get an interesting look right there. But let me ask you, when was the last time you engaged somebody on that level? How are you doing spiritually? You know, after you talk about LeBron and all of that, and after you talk about the conventions and all of that, you know, and the small talk, at what point do you start gathering? Right? You know, you gotta, we got to learn from Jesus. In whatever situation, hanging out at the well, thirsty. Man, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah, I'm thirsty too. How you doing spiritually? What's going on in your spiritual life? Let's get out there gathering. If we're not gathering, I do think we get stale up in here. You know what I'm saying? Your spiritual life gets stale. You get stuck. You get stuck when you're not out there gathering, yoked up with Jesus, living out his teachings, trying to fight to read the Bible, make it come alive. You know, some of us, we get in those ruts. I've been there. We can get into rut, but don't stay there. Figure something out, man. Get with somebody. Wake up 10 minutes early. I don't know. Do something. But don't just sit on the fence and don't just sit there talking about I'm following Jesus. We have moved a foot. Try to help somebody else and gathered with it. You visited with us today. You said, oh, wow. I don't like proselytizing and I don't like people witnessing to me. Well, look, that's what Jesus told us to do. <laughs> and he told you to do the same thing. Some of you might be in here just, oh, I grew up going to church. Hadn't talked to one person in your life about Jesus and really helped them to be gathered into Jesus' life. Let's get serious about that, guys. If we're not doing that, then we're not really with him. That's a serious thing to, say, to understand. <clears throat> and then Jesus has a little bit of a, a, a transition here in what he says. In verse 24, it says, When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places, seeking rest and does not find it then it says I will return to the house I left when it arrives it, it finds the house swept clean and put in order then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live there and the final condition of that man is worse than the first what in the world is Jesus talking about? I read this a few times. At first I was flowing with it. I was flowing. Okay, I feel like I get it. And then this came up and it, it, I just had to keep reading. Okay. Was he saying this for the benefit of the guy that he, that he just healed from, from the demon? Is, is he only talking to him? No, I don't think that's the context. Luke probably would have told us, and he turned to the man or something like that. No, I think this is a little bit broader. He, he's making a point. And it's encouraging to keep seeing it more and more. And then I started thinking, man, how is this going to preach? You know, some people, evil spirits, they don't, they, that's weird. That's not, that, what is that? You know, people visiting, they're going to check out. Like, that's just, I mean, there's no such thing as demons running around and all that. Like, man, how do I make this work? And I go, wait a minute, I don't need to make this work. That's the world we live in. And so I said, you know, we need to be reminded of something real quick. So keep your tassel here. And we need to be reminded of this truth. And I'm going to throw a couple else at you as, as I talk about this one. But let's be reminded of something that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6. Amen? Amen. We need to be reminded of the world that the Bible describes. Yeah. 
Jesus is here. Yeah, he's telling us he's already he's already gotten rid of a demon in one person. Then he starts talking about evil spirits. Don't check out. Don't start going, oh, that's weird. That's kind of like a, ooh, it's like Avatar. You create this other world and it's kind of cool, but it's not really real. You better watch out. Ephesians chapter 6, <clears throat> verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to, to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace and in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints that's the world that we live in, people. Stop checking out when, when you hear about demons and evil spirits. This is the real world we live in. And if you've forgotten it, don't forget 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 14 when the Bible talks about the spirit left Saul. That's a scary moment. And don't you forget about John chapter 13, 27 when the Bible says, and then Satan entered Judas. Am I making this up? No. Don't forget about Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus confronts a man, demons all in him. They cry out to Jesus. Jesus has a conversation with the demons. And they ask him, man, don't do Just let us live. He takes the demons, throws them into a herd of pigs. The pigs jump off and kill themselves. That's the world we live in. Yeah. Stop acting like that's weird or it, it doesn't exist. On, Acts 26 you know, Paul's recounting how, you know, his, his commission. And you, know, you know what his commission is in Acts 26? To turn people from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's the scripture that, this is the world we live in. So stop checking out when you see stuff like this. Back to our text, Luke 11. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. And then it says, man, I'm just going to go back to where I was before. What does he find when he goes back? Bible says he finds the person's kind of spiritual insides swept and put in order. And most of us would say, amen. Isn't that good? swept and put in order that that should be good but when you when you see what Jesus is saying whatever you think that might mean here's the reality it wasn't good enough because when he found it swept and, and clean and put in order he said oh great 
Now, you know, I'm going to go get some of my boys. This place is great. And and they're even more wicked than himself. Wow. So I think, what, what what is Jesus getting at here? Well, think of it this way. You know, Ephesians 3 talks about, verse 17, that Paul prayed so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Man, I want Christ dwelling in my heart. You know what I'm saying? I want the stronger man all up in me. Do you know what I'm saying? And some of us are happy, I think, with self-righteous reforms in our lives, you know? Like, we, we, we do it by self-effort. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we read the, the latest, uh, you know, self-help book or whatever, and we try to make those internal reforms, and we feel good about ourselves. You know, we've made some strides in our lives. I've swept my insides clean, and everything's in order. But you haven't really, really relied on Christ to do it. They're just principles that you maybe got somewhere else. But what if, what if it's even, what if it honestly is that God has maybe done something in your life to help you and, 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 and freed you and, and helped you get things clean? Isn't it interesting that even that's not enough? So what, what do we need to do? I believe we better make sure that the stronger man is deep inside of us at all times. And we got to see that just making changes for whatever reason with your own effort or even if it's from God, it's not permanent. And I believe this goes back to what he's been saying. You better figure out how to stay with him. You got to figure out how to yoke yourself with Jesus. Not just for a one-time moment. You know, thinking your house is, is all swept clean and put in order. You went to some service, sang a bunch of songs, got your heart moved. Somebody said, pray a prayer. You pray a prayer. Then you act like you can just go do whatever you want to do with your life. You might be in tr- more trouble than you think. You know, I think Jesus once said, you know, I didn't come here just to help people that are feeling good, that are healthy. I came to help the sick. You know, people that know they're sick, they're going to go get help. People that don't think they're sick, they're not going to get any help. They think they're fine because maybe they look at themselves and they go, my house is swept in, in order. It's, it's good to go. Especially compared to all of y'all. I'm good. I'm good. That's how some people are with their spiritual lives. That's how some of you are with your spiritual life. Some of you might have started with Jesus, but maybe you've kind of left him in, in the dust. Maybe you feel like you don't need the spiritual things that helped you get spiritual in the first place. People, close friends that are Christians in your lives, opening up, talking about what's going on in your life. Maybe you feel like you don't need that anymore. Maybe you feel like, oh, I used to pray all the time, used to wake up, get radical. I don't need that. I'm spiritual now. I'm good to go. I don't need as much prayer. I don't need, I don't need that as much anymore. Really? Wow. Oh, I know the church is talking about small groups, but, you know, that's just a, that's kind of a drain on my time. I'm good. I'll be all right. I'm swept in order. It's clean. I'm good. I'm just saying you better watch out. You better watch out. It's so much easier to reach someone who is overwhelmed with a sense of their sin than someone who is overwhelmed with a false sense of their righteousness. I'm telling you, man, that is what happens all the time. Wow. I think Jesus just looks at us and thinks, you, you, really think, you really think your spiritual house is in order? If I'm not there, if I'm not dwelling in your spiritual house, you're in trouble. If the Holy Spirit isn't strong in your life, you're in trouble. Because what's in there isn't strong enough to beat the strong man. You better stay connected to the stronger man if you're going to have a chance 
against all this crazy spiritual world out there trying to take you out. And not only that, think about what Peter says. Peter makes a point I think is interesting. I saw one, one commentator made the point that he thinks Peter hits this in, in one, of his, one of his letters when he says, you better watch out. It's, it's worse to have known the truth, right? It, it's worse to know it and then walk away than to have never known it. Because you know at the end what he says, what Peter says, he says, because if you've known the truth and then you walk away, it's like a dog returned to his vomit. And you know what he says at the end? He says, that person's worse off than the first. Yeah. Same thing Jesus saying. Yeah. You better watch yourself. Are you yoked up with Jesus? Are you gathering with Jesus? Is that a part of your, your daily life? Is that something you seriously feel like is who you are? Is, is, your, is your spiritual life one in dependence on Jesus? Relying on the Spirit to, to live your life and not relying on self-effort and, and, and willpower and good intentions? What, what, what are you really relying on when you wake up every day? Do you take care, do you, do you take use of the resources that God has given you through the church, whether it's a, a small group, a, yeah, a Wednesday, a Sunday, whatever, friendships, relationships, is that how you live your life? Or are you too, you're good, you're righteous, you're, you're clean, I'm swept in order, I'm good. You better watch out. You don't know what demon is just sitting, crouching at your door, trying to take you over. I don't want it to happen to either one of us, amen? I'm losing my voice, man. <clears throat> so here's Jesus preaching the word. What's up with this lady? Verse 27. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. I mean, you know, what do you do with that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Here's Jesus. I mean, and, and, and the more I re- at first I read that, I, I said, that makes no sense. What is she talking about? <laughs> and, and, and the more I <laughs> kept reading it, and I, I was even talking to Doug about it, because I was like, man, what do you think about this, this whole thing? But, but it is interesting. I do think Luke, he's trying to help us see the different responses you know, to what, what, what Jesus has to deal with. You know, he heals somebody, <laughs> sets somebody free. Ah, oh, you're doing it because you're with the devil. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, that's great. Okay, man. How about a little bit more? Uh, you know, oh, man, well, that's great. Do another one. Hey, whiz. Then Jesus preaches all this great material. And then the woman's like, man, hey, your mama must be proud. Amen. <laughs> Blessed is your mother. What's my mom got to do with what I've been talking about? What about the point I'm making about gathering and scattering? What about the strong man? Did you hear any of that? Why are you bringing up my mom? That's what I would have been tempted. I wouldn't have said that to her, but if she would have pulled me up after the fellowship, I'd have been like, man, what is this woman talking about? But I do think it's interesting, like, and, and Doug was making the point, he was just talking about, how sometimes that's just how, I mean, you know, you, I don't think it's there to, to slam like worship of Mary. I don't think that's what Luke's intent was. I mean, some people really go that route, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's Luke's intent. But it is interesting just the kind of the, the ooh and ah nature of her response, right? Kind of a, like, like that, that fawning, like, oh, this is great. 
but no, no substance. Do you know what I mean? Like you, like, you know, you hear a message, you read a passage, that's, wow, that's a powerful scripture. And you have like no intention to follow. You know what I mean? You just want to praise Jesus for how eloquent it was, or how witty it was, or how did he know to say that in that moment? That, that scripture always gets me. All these things we say, no intention of really following through on it. You might be sitting there listening to something right now, no intention of doing anything about it. No intention of, of, of analyzing yourself. And to seeing if you're satisfied with just being swept in order or clean. You, know, no, you have no intention of doing that. You have no intention of really trying to plug yourself into to relationships, to really engage in conversations, talk about how you're doing spiritually. You're not even really thinking about, man, have I really been gathering with Jesus? I mean, is that something I've just forsaken? You know, just another, oh, another thing about evangelism. Man, does, does it just, is my heart so hard that I just let it bounce off? When was the last time we invited someone in our home just to share with them our lives? You're not even thinking about really analyzing that. You know what I mean? Because you're just like, wow, this is, I love this church, man. When are we going to get a new building here? What's going on after church? Yeah. Wow. Really? Because that's how we can be. Or like, oh, it was a great sermon. Oh, amen. But do, do something with it. Let, let, let what Jesus is saying affect you. Or maybe you just want evil spirits to come checking out your life and see what's going on. If there's room for them. Because if Jesus is there, there ain't no room for him. Ain't no room for him. So, you might want to make sure you got him in you. <laughs> Daily. And sometimes if you're like me, like multiple times every hour, you know, on some days. I think I lost him. <laughs> you know, oh man. I am not doing well spiritually right now. I am feeling crazy right now. I don't think Jesus just wants you to cheer. I don't think he wants our cheers. Yeah, your mom's great. She should be so proud. Yeah, Jesus. I don't think that's what he's looking for. In fact, what does he say? <laughs> well, amen, lady. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It's not about my mama. And it ain't about whether you like what I'm saying or not. You better obey the word of God. You, 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 obey it. And that's, that's not a really encouraging... What? That is a great thing for our lives. Obeying Jesus, wow, that's the best decision I ever made in my life. And whenever I'm disobeying Jesus, man, I end up in a bad spot. And I got to have 55 conversations to get myself out of it. And I sure don't like doing that. But at the end of the day, I appreciate the simplicity of Jesus' message. Don't get sidetracked. Make it your life goal to be obedient to the scriptures. Because Jesus is superior. He's greater than this world. He's already overcome this world. Jesus, injustice, yep, Jesus has dealt with it. Yes, he has. You know what? You know, and you know what the interesting, how, how does Jesus deal with so much of the madness in the world and when he was here, he dealt with it through relying on God, being humble, and being willing to lay his life down. What a great example for us. Sometimes we want to come back with strength. Look at the scriptures. Hear the word of God. Obey it. Yoke yourself to Jesus. Be with him. Don't be against him. Gather with him. Don't be one who scatters and understand the nature of your spiritual internal life. It's not just good enough to make reforms in your own power. You better be relying on the power of Jesus through his spirit. 
Don't be superficial like the woman, I think. Don't get sidetracked. Get serious. And take a stand for the stronger man. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I pray that... <coughs> Father, I pray that we can take these passages to heart. I really pray that we make it our desire and our ambition to really walk with Jesus, to be with him. And to do the things that he promises if we do, he'll be with us and dwell within us. Father, we know that's our best defense against this crazy world. And Father, I do pray that we can have hearts to gather with Jesus, to help people know Jesus. Father, help us not to forget how powerful that is. And Father, I really believe when we're not about gathering, we can become so discouraged in our walk, so focused on our own problems and challenges, even though you've already given us such promises of heaven. Father, please, please, I pray that we can be motivated to pick up the phone and call people that we can invite to our homes or set up a coffee with and compassionately and genuinely and authentically share with them our lives and take a genuine interest in their lives and help them to see who you are. Help us not be ashamed of being bearers of the message of the gospel. Help us to believe that it truly is your power to change this world. More powerful than any socially, social group or activist group or political party. Way more powerful to change this world. Help us align ourselves with Jesus and be filled with your spirit. And Father, I do pray that we recognize how this is a spiritual world. That there are spiritual forces of evil. That sin is crouching at our door in some form or fashion. And Father, we cannot in our own strength defeat all of the spiritual forces of evil. Father, we can humble ourselves, even admit our weakness, so that your power can be seen through us. And Father, we are grateful that you have not left us like wandering sheep in this earth, clueless, lost, hungry, without protection. No, you have taken great care of us. You have given us the greatest shepherd of all, Jesus. And no one, no one is stronger than him. No one can defeat Jesus. And I pray that we stay close to him so that we can make it to be with you. Help us to obey your word and leave here determined to do that very thing. Please help us in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>